0: Um, there's one more person that I want you to hear from. When we started um, 11 years ago, actually this goes back probably more like 13 years ago, there were just there were, there were three guys with their wives. It was the six of us that, that started. And uh, the three of us, Jeff Jones and Bob Beecham and and I, um, were kind of the day-to-day, you know, running around and trying to do this and dream that and everything. And uh, both of my partners are gone now. Jeff died about three or four years ago, and Bubba, Bob, always known as Bubba. Could you put his picture up, uh, Brandon? Put Bubba's picture up. Um, He died January, and it was not completely um, a surprise. His health had been declining for at least a, a good year, if not longer, Um, But uh, he never got to attend a service here in this new place. He saw it and he loved it and he was excited about it. And two weeks later, he was gone. But um, at his memorial service in 2015 was the last time that he addressed uh, our group on Sunday morning. And uh, for his memorial service, I took that um, 35-minute talk. And condensed it down into six precious minutes, and it just is the nugget. It's it's the uh, it's the kernel of everything that Bubba was about, and amazingly enough, it's the kernel of what we're about too. At the effect, so I'd like you to just uh, listen to Bubba.
1: Yeah, I'm Bubba, and I'm I'm an alcoholic, and uh, <laughs> um, and I I'm really really happy to be here. I can't see anybody, but. Uh, don't worry about it. I know know a lot of people in the crowd, and I'm really, really, I'm so happy to be here. And I saw a Fielder over here playing uh, the over here, and, and and he's what it's all about. Me, for me, he's what it's about. He, you know, a young guy his age and he's got it together and he came in here broken and and uh, look at him now. And uh, that's what uh, one of the things that I get so much joy out of doing is I come over here and I do meditations. The 11th step that we've got is prayer and meditations. And there's nothing that fulfills me more. You know what? I mean, without God, I'm absolutely insignificant. Without the God of my understanding, I'm absolutely insignificant. This morning I went out and I got my parrot out. And he says, hey, Bubba, how you doing? And I, hey, Simon. And we go out and Simon pretends like he flies. And, and, and I look, look at the hillside and it's covered with wildflowers. And I look at the ocean and... And the waves come in like they've been coming in for a thousand years, and I see Catalina out there, and I say, "Oh my God, this, you see, to me is a very tangible way to see God." You know, I go out there, I go for a walk, and Judy and I go a lot. I go for a walk, and and I see those flowers, and I see the dolphin out there, the or the pelicans flying over. And and I lose me. I'm absolutely insignificant in this picture. What an awesome, wonderful God we have, and I'm free. I'm free. You know, I'm free. I have. I don't know the stories too well. I know there was a, what are they? The prodigal son story where one, one, one was the kind of on the wild side. We'll call him Bubba, and <laughs> <laughs> prodigal son went out there and. He's just carrying on until he run out of everything. And in shame, he finally went home. And Father Simon just, you know, threw open his arms and said, Hey, welcome home, you know, you, this is your house and I love you. And what it, the significance of the story is, of course, your father's always going to take you back. Um, this, and it's the way I live life. I don't have a resentment because resentments hurt me. They're like little bombs that are, you know, sitting in there ready to go off. They. Um, I don't have bad feelings toward people. I mean, you can cut me off in the freeway, and I just say, yeah, you know, it's okay. And I've learned this. The all these things is so wonderful to live this life, where I have peace and serenity. And real friends and stuff that matters. It's it's for real, you know. Life isn't easy. You guys know that. Life's painful, and a very and the quickest solution. I'll have a little drink. Well, you know what? The real solution is I walk locked step with God all the time. I go down to that trail. I walk down that trail, and I get so lost and the glory and the beauty and the the relationships the friendships and for me the 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 treat of all treats is to come over here and sit with a bunch of newcomers and and try to somehow help them find that the solution is walking with God to learning you know who your higher power is to see this world evolve from the eyes of somebody that's come from so low, it's just absolutely amazing. You know, I love all of you guys. I love the God that saved me. I mean, saved me. I see God everywhere. If I close my eyes, I see my mom and my father, and I love them to death. I still do. But if I'm up in the mountains, or I'm by the river, or out in the desert, or watching the waves roll in like I do... That's God for me. I'm there. I'm home. And what my point, I think, is, is to step into God. Give yourself, give yourself to this. Aha! God, wow! Look at that bird up there, and then say, "Thanks, God." So you know, I, my, for my short time up here, and I know it's not the, you know, the usual Christian message but it's a message of uh of total recovery and and for me i'm a good guy now I, I i can say that it's not even i'm not 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 out of out of bounds out of line by saying that i'm a good guy <laughs> and uh so with that i'll uh let you go i love these i love the effect you know, when we started this, it was uh, just three guys. And But it, this place has got a history. And give it a chance. Give God a chance. Give Jesus a chance. And uh, let's party on.
0: <laughs> if you didn't know him, don't you wish you did? <sighs> I listened to that voice, and I just uh, I can't believe that I'm not going to hear it again. You know, he had a laugh that would just travel for blocks, it seemed. And uh, you just knew that Bubba was in the room and, and uh, he always left you feeling better than he found you. And it was just the way he was. And he exemplifies what we're about. If there is a theme that you're hearing building between these three speakers, it's that we apprehend our God experientially. It's not intellectual. It's not learning facts about God that take us where we want to go. It's just moving into this immersive experience. Today is Pentecost. We spent the last uh, 50 days, you know, leading up to Pentecost and really working toward this. And just so happens, Pentecost coincides with our anniversary. So, but you know what? We've said so much about Pentecost. I didn't mind kind of letting the anniversary and letting Bubba's message and Melanie's and Scott's take center stage for a little bit here, because we're really talking about the same thing. We've been trying to, I hate to say repurpose Pentecost, we've been trying to look at Pentecost in a different way, just as we tried to look at Lent in a different way. And that Pentecost isn't just a single moment where people sat passively and the Spirit fell upon them, but it was an active, you know, becoming aware of the fact that the Spirit is already here. Always has been. It can't be anywhere else. God's presence is everywhere all the time. This is what Bubba is trying to tell us. Bubba approached his faith. Bubba approached his spirituality completely experientially. He immersed himself in nature. He saw God everywhere, as he was telling us. He wasn't schooled. Now, he didn't grow up in, in, a, in, a, in a very strict religious home. He wasn't schooled about uh, the Bible and about the church. He said in there that he didn't know the stories, right? And reading was not Bubba's strong suit. Now, he didn't like to read that much. You know, I think he got in about a chapter and a half in my book, and then he just gave up. <laughs> but it was okay, because he had the better part. You know, all the books in the world are focused just to get us to the place where we can just sit and see God everywhere. So if you already do that, okay, yes, there is certainly more to be gotten from the books, and I love books, but he had the better part. He just loved God in every relationship, in every newcomer that he got to sit with. The treat of all treats, as he said, to sit with a newcomer and to be of service. So he didn't know the stories very well, but he had one story that he wanted to talk about, and that was the prodigal son. And you kind of notice he recast it a little bit, okay? (laughs) There was the prodigal son. There was the one who was a little bit wild. We'll call him Bubba, right? (laughs) And because that was his life. If you knew his story, you would know how much exactly the son of a wealthy father, the one who was always going sideways, the one who was always just wrecking cars and doing whatever crazy thing that he did, and yet, always welcome back. And I don't know if you caught when he was telling the story. When the son came back, it was Father Simon. Did you notice that, Father Simon, who welcomed him home? If you knew Bubba, and you knew his parrot Simon, who could talk beautifully, every time he would walk in, "Hi, Bubba," you know, every time he walked in the door, he was being reminded. What did he say? Father Simon threw up his arms and said, "This is welcome home. This is your house. I love you." That was his experience from this parrot. Baba found forgiveness in a bird. Baba found presence in nature. This was our Baba. He found all these things in the details of his life. Nothing was left outside of the realm of the sacred for Baba. He was able to pull all those things together. He actively took charge intentionally of his life to move it into an intentional spirituality. He built a program for himself. and well, What did it look like? It wasn't, it wasn't religious because he wasn't a religious guy. And Jeff and I and, and the effect is not real religious. I mean, yeah, we are because we have Sunday morning, but that wasn't our focus. And he fit in perfectly with that. That's where he was he was headed the whole time, you know? He found forgiveness in a bird, he found presence in nature, and he found meaning and purpose and service in, in his twelve step program. All of that was a part of, of who he was. Now, can he do that? <laughs> is that allowed for him to build his own religious practice? I mean, is that kosher? Is is that gonna work in terms of you know what? You bet it. You bet it does. And in fact, for every single one of us, until or unless we build our own practice, we build our own personal religion, our structure from the inside out, we are not on the way of Jesus. This way of Jesus cannot be traveled from the outside in. It cannot be traveled by merely following the rules, coloring inside the lines like those paint-by-numbers kit. It doesn't work that way. It works in the exact opposite way. It works from the inside out. This is what Bubba learned. This was his genius. What does his program look like? Well, it looked like daily walks on the beach, right? It looked like time with Simon. He, I know he was a huge meditator, meditating, taking time, quiet time. He didn't read much, but then he threw himself into service. He attended his meetings. He connected. He had a daily regimen. I don't think it started until 11 o'clock in the morning, but it was a daily regimen, right? (laughs) He used to say, don't call me too early in the morning. I'm not good in the morning. Every day, he was doing something to move his ball forward, to move his program forward. That's what was so important. You know, Through nothing intentional, I found myself 17, 18 years ago um, working in recovery. I had no idea that's where my life was going. It, it It was presented to me, and I fell in love with these people. And as I continued to work with them, there was a difference between those who could come into treatment, come into a program, and actually stay sober and stay clean, and those who couldn't. And the difference was, and what I started teaching as I was doing sessions over the years was that if you come to treatment, if you come to rehab, there's a structure that's going to be put around you, right? You're going to be told when to show up and when to go to bed and when to eat and what to eat. There's a structure, and it's a pretty tight structure, especially in that first 30 days. But if you don't build a structure within the structure that is yours, if you don't build a house within the house, when your 30, 60, 90 days is up and that structure is taken away, what have you got? You got nothing And the pattern just repeats itself but if you take that time where the structure is provided for you and then you build a structure within that structure that is yours that you get up and you do every day that pushes your ball forward when that structure is taken away the house still stands and that house can be transplanted to different places and what's true within substance abuse is true for all of us you're coming to church here that's great There's a structure that we provide that the effect provides for you sitting right now inside these walls with what we do with our little practice here on Sunday mornings. And some of you come on midweek and some of you come to soak. There's a structure that's provided. But if you aren't building a structure within that structure that is yours, then how can you say that you're on this way of Jesus which is so tuned, so dependent on each one of us actually following actively, passionately this way. This is what Jesus is so trying to tell us. We have to have that willingness. We have to have that desire. You've already got this much. Is there more that you can place into your life that's going to take you where you really want to go? This is what Bubba is showing us. My fascination is always, where does that willingness come from? Where does that desire come from to want more? Jesus showed us that so radically. Here he was a good Jew, a perfect Jew, doing everything that his religion told him to do. Every one of the pilgrimage festivals he was in Jerusalem, everything he did, he learned to read and write, he prayed, he did all those things within what was expected of a Jewish male in the first century. But there was something driving him for more and more and he seeks out his cousin and he's baptized in the River Jordan and then he goes out into the wilderness this this time period that we don't know how long because he wanted more he wanted that connection with his father that can only come from the inside out never through mere obedience never through just following the rules Something was driving him. Something was driving Bubba. What was it with Bubba? Well, if you know his life, you know that 14, 15 years ago, he almost died. His drinking, his lifestyle had taken him to the edge. And it was practically a miracle that he survived that. That'll get your attention. But I think even before that, I know before that because he told me there was a growing dissatisfaction with the way that he was living his life. That was the break point. That was when he became sober and he died 13 years sober. But his body had been shot. But still, there was something about Bubba that didn't just say, okay, I'm going to stop drinking. It's just about abstinence now. It's about checking off the boxes and going to the meetings that I need to. There was something in him that was all in. And that was kind of Bubba's life. He was always all in. But he was all in now here. And he became the meetings. He became this life. And that's what I see in Jesus. He became one with the Father in a way that he was indistinguishable from because he always had that willingness to do more. What was Jesus program? You know, we don't get a lot of details in the New Testament, but what we do get is interesting. Besides what he did to get to the point that his ministry began, we see him constantly leaving the group, going out, up onto the mountain, out into the wilderness, someplace away, to have that quiet time, to have that solitude, to have that prayer again. He had a program. We don't know all the bits and pieces. But what we know is that there are five things that every single one of us needs, absolutely, if we are going to follow this way of Jesus. If we're going to be non-religious about the experiential apprehension of our God, we're going to need community. And not just community, but a transparent connection with the members of our community that allows us to have accountability. And we're going to need structure, But not just the structure that is provided to us, but the discipline to create the structure within the structure. And then service community, accountability, structure, discipline, service. Without these five things, there is no way that a human being can find the meaning and purpose that leads to a sense of identity, who we are. Jesus found his identity in the wilderness. And he came back and he said, I and the Father are one. There is nothing that you see me do that the Father hasn't done through me. And I take no initiative on my own, but everything I do is in concert with my Father God, who I call Abba, Daddy, that intimate relationship that he had gleaned in this time. Baba knew his father that way too. He could see him in Saimi, the parrot. He could see him in his wife. He could see him in the newcomers, those who were still not getting it and are so frustrating because they keep going back to old patterns. He could see God there as well. This was a genius of Bubba every single day. When I look back at my life, I did the same thing. I didn't know what I was doing. I had nobody teaching me along these kinds of lines. But I realize now as I look back, And I was a reader, so I read everything that I could. And when I stumbled upon the contemplatives like Merton and Nowen and Manning and John of the Cross and all of these, Francis of Assisi, St. Benedict, when I saw what they were doing, all I wanted to do was to be like them. And so that's what I did. I was living alone at the time. I kept my apartment quiet. I had my regimen that began at 5 in the morning and lasted until 8 in the morning and included all sorts of different things that, that... I tried. Some worked. Some didn't. But I look back on it now and said, that was my program. That was my structure within the structure. It was the beginning of a change in my life that had escaped me until my mid-30s. Spinning my wheels for 35 years, and then a change because I started to do something different from the inside out. And I didn't get it then. didn't know what I was doing. But it works whether you understand it or not. And that's the beauty of it. (laughs) That's the good thing. If we had to understand it first, we'd all be cooked. We can just show up. Take the steps forward and go. So I guess the question is, what does your program look like? What does your program look like? Do you have a program? Do you have something that you task yourself to do? When no one's looking doesn't matter it's what you do are you building that community that accountability the structure the discipline and are giving back in some kind of service be honest with yourself because if you're not is there the desire to do more I guess that's the next question what does your program look like is there a desire to do more generally this comes in stages you first show up to community, at least you show up, right? And there's some people that come to Sunday, as I said. Some people start coming to midweek services, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Soaks. And then some people actually start emailing, emailing me, emailing Frank, emailing Scott, Marion, asking deeper questions. Well, what about this? And what about that? Get phone calls. You get texts. And then you get, can we go out and get some lunch or get some coffee? You see how the thing starts to escalate? It starts from just showing up to the groups, and then it starts moving into more and more intimate connection. And then through that, there's reading that can be done. And through that, then there's a daily devotional time in the morning and a prayer practice. And then there's the ability to start mentoring other people the way that you've been mentored. It's this progression that takes place. Is that present in your life? Is there a desire for more of those elements to be present? You don't put the whole footprint down at once. It's something that you will grow into. But is the desire there to go deeper? Is there something in you that says, I know there's more to this. It's like Elisha saying, I want a double portion of whatever Elijah, my mentor, had. I want that double portion. Is there something in you that wants that as well? Is that what will take you on this journey? Because that's what this is about. Not intellectual, experiential. And what are the characteristics of a program like this? What does it look like when we actually start to get on this road? And we can look at Bubba again. We can let Bubba be our guide here. The first thing is going to be, it's humility. Remember what he said? I know you only heard it once. I got the uh, opportunity to hear it over and over and over again last night. <laughs> humility. What did he talk about? When he's out in nature, Right? He says, I lose me. When I am out there and I'm watching those waves that are coming in as they've come in for a thousand years, I lose me. I am insignificant in the face of all this. And yet, with God, I'm absolutely significant at the same time. But this humility, this acknowledgement of the true nature of our relationship with God, with the cosmos, with each other, we lose ourselves. The boundaries start to fade away. That's what humility is. It's not any kind of negative pride. It's just this acknowledgement of how we're all part of something at the same time. The second characteristic is freedom. He said, I'm free. I'm free. I'm really free. He said that like three times. I'm free. And What did he mean by that? He said, I have no resentments anymore. Resentments are like little bombs waiting to go off. He said, I have no bad feelings toward anyone. You can cut me off in the freeway. and oh, that's fine. No way. To be free, to be completely free, is to be unoffendable. That's the goal of our spirituality, to be unoffendable. Bubba had gotten to that place most of the time. We know when Bubba got offended, like everybody. But to be free of that, to not have that burden, that thing, freedom. He talked about peace and serenity. He talked about the solace of having real friends. And those of you in the program, you know that when you're out there running and gunning, what the friends that you have are like to suddenly turn a corner and realize you've got real friends that will be there for you. There's a peace. There's a serenity to that. He said to have the stuff that really matters and not all that other stuff that you've been chasing all this time. That's peace. That's serenity. He talked about awareness, not in that word, but he said, the solution for me in the past was to have a little drink. But now I realize that the real solution is that I walk lockstep with God every day. Remember that? All the time. This is the solution to life's difficulties. He said, I see God everywhere, in everything In the memory of his parents who had passed on, he saw God there. In the people that he was with, in nature, this awareness had built up to the point that he saw God everywhere, and that brought gratitude. He said, I love the God who saved me. He saved me, he said twice. He emphasized that. He told us all, step into God. Give yourself this, aha, remember? God, wow, look at that bird up there. Thanks, God. The insignificant things, the small things, to see them as what they really are. Little miracles that are going by day by day. And to let that fuel the gratitude. The service, of course. He called it the treat of all treats to sit with a newcomer. Did you catch that? It was the treat of all treats. It was his greatest thrill. For years, he did a meditation class for our clients at the treatment center. And he loved going into meetings and talking to the newcomers and and guiding them in any way that he could. But that gave him the meaning and the purpose and the identity of who he really was, seeing that love reflected in the faces of everyone that he served. And then finally, and I love this one, playfulness. Give God a chance, he said. Give Jesus a chance and party on. Those of you who know me and, and, and the, the, the fifth way, it starts with the gospel according to Lou. And the last words that he said to my wife and I before he died was love each other, just love each other and kid around a little bit. Kid around. If you know Bubba, he was the kidder. He was the practical joker. He was the one who was always laughing, always making absurd things beautiful in a way. But playfulness. Think about those seven traits Humility, freedom, peace, awareness, gratitude, service, and playfulness. If you're on the way of Jesus, if you are on this path toward creating this, those traits are going to become more and more apparent in your life. Other people will see them before you do. You may be the last to get the memo that you are changing And you are moving in this direction. But you will know that your program is kosher. You will know that your program is on the money when you start to see these attributes reflected in your life and knitting together the relationships. So again, where are you in all of this? Where is it that you want to be? Is something calling you deeper than you are now? And are you answering that call? You know, here at the effect, we don't typically do altar calls as we've come to know them. Do you all know what an altar call is? And one of the reasons we don't do that is that the altar call, in one way, implies that this conversion moment, this moment between not being saved and saved, is just this instant where you say a, a, a particular prayer or, or you come forward and hands are laid upon you, that there's this one moment, not saved, saved. And what we want to emphasize is that there is a whole sanctification that is going on. There is a becoming process that is going on. But that doesn't mean that we're not here to answer those altar calls. If you think about it, what we're talking about right here now is a call to the altar of your life. A call to the altar of your relationship with your God. And we are here in any way. If there is anyone out there who says, you know what, I think I'm being called, I think this is something I want to do, but I don't know the first thing about what you're talking about, or I really need more clarity, then come up and talk to Frank, talk to Marion, talk to Nina, talk to me, talk to Scott. Seek us out. Talk to us after this. During mouthfuls of pizza, we can talk. You can call, you can text. We put our numbers everywhere, you know? A lot of churches don't do that, but we're easy to find. And if you want to say the sinner's prayer, if you want to be baptized, if you want to have the sacrament that goes with the inward transformation, then we are here for you as well because we do that. All you have to do is ask. But you do have to ask. That's the catch. You have to ask. It has to come from you. We are here, but we don't give unsolicited advice or counsel. We aren't going to try to coerce you. We're going to try to live this thing as best we can, make it as attractive as possible, and make ourselves available. Come, and we'll figure out how to do this together. That's the beauty of this way of Jesus. We are all on the way together. We're learning together from each other and we're holding each other's hands at the same time. So here on this Pentecost Sunday, celebrating the awareness of spirit and the power, empowerment, and the feeling that it gives us, I hope that this will be a day where you sharpen the willingness and the desire to take the next steps that will take you everywhere you really want to be, whether you know it or not. And thank God for Bubba and for all of the models in our life that show us what it looks like. Let's pray. Father, thank you once again. Thank you for this this feast day, Pentecost, that reminds us of what it is that we can have in relationship with you. And thank you for Bubba, and thank you for Melanie, and thank you for Scott. Thank you for the stories that they're willing to share transparently to all of us, to remind us what's really going on here, what's really happening in community, this great human tapestry that's being woven right before our eyes. Thank you for all of this. And thank you for your love. Thank you for being Father Simon, always welcoming, completely unconditionally, every time we walk in the door. Thank you for loving us that way, Lord. Never let us forget, we can only love because you loved us first. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.